0: The epistle reading this morning is from the first letter of John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love the God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world, but one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth. If you'll stand, please, if you're able. Our next lesson is from the Gospel of John, chapter 15. Verses 9 through 17. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I choose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask, him in my name. I am giving you these commands, so that you may love one another. This here, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks
1: be to God.
0: I invite you to be seated.
1: Good friends, they are a blessing and a gift of grace, aren't they? A friend is someone you can turn to who will be there no matter what. Good friends are those you can confide in and rely on. Real friends, friends, true friends, they give up themselves without any thought of what they may get in return. They're not manip- manipulative or judgmental most of the time. Their love is not conditional. Real friends are those we don't want to take for granted because we know that tr- friends are really a godsend. We've all heard the adage, haven't we? I can count my true friends on one hand. Well, that may or may not be true. But we all know that good friends are a precious commodity, aren't they? Someone has said that no friendship is an accident. And we see that in the gospel today. Throughout the gospel of John, Jesus tells his disciples that he loves them. He shows them in various and diverse ways how much he loves them. And then he tells them that they are to love each other just as He has loved them. Jesus says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And then Jesus accentuates it and punctuates what that love looks like when he says, no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for a friend. Listen again to these words from the gospel. Jesus talking to his disciples. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but... I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands that you may love one another. You see, our scripture this morning is part of what is called the farewell discourses of Jesus. John chapter 14 through 17. Jesus is preparing his disciples for his death, his resurrection, and his ultimate um, uh, leaving the earth, going back to be, God with, uh, to be with God in heaven at the ascension. And he knows the struggles they're going to have without him. They're going to need to rely on each other, these disciples are. They're going to need to trust each other. They're going to need to look out for each other, admonish each other, and forgive each other. In other words, they will need to be more than just a group of people who follow Jesus. They'll need to be friends to one another, good friends, true friends. They will need to love each other as much and as well as Jesus has loved them. Jesus tells them for their friendship to be real and authentic, It must be a friendship that bears fruit. A friendship that bears fruit is based on love and joy and peace, kindness and generosity and faithfulness and gentleness gentleness and self-control. We're to offer our friendship in this way to one another because this is how Jesus loves us. Most of us here this morning don't find it hard to realize that friendships are a gift from God. But after we acknowledge this, then it becomes sticky to us, right? Because, you see, friendship is a wonderful thing, but how we make friends and how we become friends and how we grow friendships is tough. Friendship is hard work, and it requires vulnerability. It demands from us a willingness to to share ourselves with others. These are the qualities Jesus shows in his life and ministry, and he calls us to show those qualities with one another see, just as God shares God's self with us fully and intimately through Jesus Christ, we're asked to understand this as Christ living in us, sharing ourselves with one another. Remember I said at the beginning of this message that no friendship is an accident? We see this here. Jesus says to his disciples, You did not choose, choose me, but I chose you. You see, Jesus not only chose these 12 men to be the disciples... He chose them to be their friend. He chose them. These men who in a few short chapters are going to betray him and deny him and abandon him. And yet he says, you are my friends. Jesus loves them with a a generous love, a love without any thought of what he'll receive in return. Now to be sure, friendship is a wonderful thing to receive. It's a wonderful thing to offer, isn't it? I became a member of Facebook in 2009. I joined Facebook for many reasons, maybe some of the reasons you all did. I enjoyed connecting to friends of the past, making some new friends. Now, if I remember correctly, I think I joined Facebook on a Saturday because in my Sunday sermon at Bethany United Methodist Church, just down the road here, the corner of Bojangles and Priscilla's, I told, I told the congregation that I had joined Facebook. And after worship on this particular Sunday, I, I realized that I was friends to people I only thought I was a pastor to. Because I got home and I had about a, a dozen new friends on my Facebook page that I looked at the time and they Facebook friended me during worship. When I responded, I said, do you remember what the sermon was about? <laughs> no. But you know, even with this worldwide avenue called Facebook, friendship, true friendship, is not a hot topic today. For goodness sake, on French, uh, Facebook, can't you, un- you can unfriend somebody, can't you? Yeah. One theologian writes, In our culture today, there is much talk about love, but relatively little about friendship. Martin Marty, Lutheran pastor, says, what's so special about friendship? Then he says, we fall in love, but we don't fall into friendship. You see, friendship requires that hard work of cultivating and uh, growing into a mutual and mature relationship. When we fall in love, we initially walk with our heads in the clouds with uh, that spouse or that significant other, right? Now, to be sure, you can be best friends with your spouse, but the true friendships, the spiritual friendships, the friendships as neighbor, the friendships in community, a community of faith like a congregation, those are purest forms of friendship. French philosopher Gabriel Marcel said, as a way, friendship is a way of being more than it is doing. It is being at the disposal of someone else. This just doesn't happen automatically because in our human condition, we're more selfish than that, aren't we? But we choose to be at someone's disposal. And being at someone's disposal is the sharing of our life with their lives. A friend is one you can count on. In short, a friendship makes the demands upon us. A friend, as we heard in the gospel today, is one willing to lay down one's life for other friends. And we know from the scriptures that God is such a friend for us, with us in the person of Jesus Christ. Friendship in the first century Mediterranean um, world, during Jesus' day, uh, friendship was a serious matter. To be considered a friend was to be in a position of honor. It meant something to someone who said, this is my friend. Being a friend meant being treated as kinfolk. It meant to be part of someone's family. To be a friend meant to look out for the welfare of the other, to put other people's needs on equal footing with your own. To consider someone a friend meant counting on that person. When Jesus calls the disciples friends, he's telling them that they are his family. Mutual, unconditional, transparent. Jesus said, I share with you everything that the Father has shared with me. And because I did this, you now have the responsibility for going out and sharing that with others. Because, see, being a friend carries wonderful joys and celebrations, but it also carries with it responsibilities. But, you know, it's not real clear if the disciples were up to the task of being Jesus' friends yet. They're still relating to Jesus as a, a child to a parent or a student to a teacher. They were continuously questioning, seeking approval, wanting to be cared for. You don't have to spend a lot of time with young, young children to discover their ideas about friendship. They're limited. As loving and empathetic as they are, their view of friendship is is I'll be your friend as long as you're nice to me, right? Now, it's easy to imagine that despite the status of the friendship in the Mediterranean culture, the disciples had not yet matured beyond this because, I mean, they left everything to follow Jesus, right? And they're saying, what's in it for me? What's in it for me that I've left everything in following you now? They wanted to know who was going to sit on the right hand and the left hand of Jesus when the kingdom came in. Jesus chose them, though, and called them friends. Chris Lewis says, Jesus called his disciples friends, and in doing so, he upsets the usual teacher-pupil relationship. He breaks boundaries. He brings a new dimension to the bond he has with his disciples, his students. No longer are they a master and servant. They are friends with all that entails. It's a powerful thing that the Savior of the world chooses and calls his disciples friends as he does each one of us today. James Howell writes, Jesus doesn't say, you have proven yourselves to be great friends. No, he simply, by divine fiat, the way God created the whole universe out of absolutely nothing, dubs them his friends. Aristotle said that a friend is somebody who helps you to be wise or to be good. Philosopher Kierkegaard said, to love another person is to help that person love God, and to be loved is to be helped to love God. <clears throat> We're still in Eastertide. So when we hear these words, greater love hath no one than this, to lay down one's life for a friend, we remember Jesus' suffering, don't we? We remember his crucifixion. We also remember that God could not leave Jesus in the grave. God could not leave his friend in the grave. The third day he rose. And this, this resurrection tells us more about Jesus and God than it does about um, the, the joy of afterlife. It tells about the friendship between Jesus and the Father. <clears throat> in life, we're going to fail. We're going to laugh and cry. We're going to fall and fail. But you know what? Friends... We pick one another up, we come back to church, and we sing and praise God, right? <clears throat> Sometimes, though, there are things that try to get in the way of friendship. I call these things invaders. There's a bunch of them. Invaders, though, they um, they give a spiritual amnesia, okay? they They... They invade our lives and in our relationships, and we forget about the fruit we are to bear—the fruit of love and joy and peace and uh, kindness and generosity and faithfulness and self-control. Lynn Dolan, the United Church of Christ pastor, writes about the kind of this kind of invader moving into the life of her church and her denomination. The United Church of Christ, when she wrote this. Um, was dealing with the topic of human sexuality just as the Methodist church is beginning to deal with that. And Dolan says, at their gathering for, to, to talk about this, the general minister and the president of the, of the synod offered this prayer. I think it's a good prayer for, us for any kind of a relationship. The prayer says, Lord Jesus, to you we live, to you we suffer, to you we die. Yours will be. Yours will we be in life and death. Today, as in ancient Bethlehem, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in you. We give thanks for your presence during these days of prayer and discernment, and especially for your presence here this morning. We, we have felt your warm embrace stilling us as we tremble with joy, with hope, with fear, with disappointment. Remind us that as we are tempted to run from each other, So, too, we run from you. We know that every choice confers a cost. So let us attend in the coming hours, the coming days, to those for whom this decision confers a particular burden. Let us find words that comfort rather than congratulate. Let us seek to be a community of grace and forgiveness rather than organizing constituencies of protest. Let us use our hands not to clap but to wipe away every tear. And in all this may we know in surprising new ways the comfort of belonging to you. Would that we all have this heart of prayer in our lives. Now to be sure, this prayer offered a testimony of what it is to be a friend. This is what Jesus hoped for for his disciples. It is what he hopes for from us today. This is the way friends treat one another. So as we approach the table of grace this morning, may we come renewing our friendship with our Savior, and then turning our face toward one another and beyond one another into the world, and becoming friends, good friends, loyal friends, true friends to one another. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and all good God's good people said, Amen.